wonderful night for a story, isn't it? Good evening, dreamers, and welcome back to another episode of Dream On Demand. The show dedicated to testing Dream Corp's newest bedtime stories to see which tales put you to sleep the fastest. I'm your host, and your guide to those wistful dreams beyond, Somnia. Tonight, we have a very special employee submission. It's called The Traveler from Tantavir, and it's about, well, I need not say more. It may not put you to sleep, but we can hope you can enjoy it for other reasons. But first, we have an announcement. One of our maintenance crew found a small wind-up mechanical soldier. It was marching its way down one of the hallways with such purpose near one of our sleep labs. Hmm. I wonder where it was marching off to. Maybe to accompany our sleepy test patients? Or perhaps off to the break room to unwind? Huh. If anyone has lost a toy, they can find it in the lost and found. Now, with all that said and done, let us begin The Traveler from Tantavir. Gather round, yes, gather round, for I have a story to tell. It starts with a king and ends with open mouths. Yes, I have a story to tell. The king, as I said, had a problem. Not enough coin in his chest, and had lots of trouble in battle, for his men were far from the best. A sorcerer came to see him and offered him a deal. Spread a little lie of wealth and wars won, and he can make it real. For the conjurer had a bit of magic to make all rumors true, but it would only happen once, and only if enough people knew. Who should overhear this but a minstrel? The traveler from Tantavir, and fearful what would happen to this land, he vowed to somehow get out of here. You see, the traveler met a stranger from a far and distant land. The traveler, of course, knew it, for the stranger's clothes were not bland. His pants had no laces, and not a speck of mud to be seen, and his tunic was too short, and he had this shiny noose around his neck, and... Hey! shouted a drunken farmer fresh off his fields, and falling off his stool. That doesn't rhyme. The water walls shook with laughter, and the audience beat their mismatched tankards on wooden plank tables. Liquid from their tankards splashed to the ground, mixing with straw and food scraps. The performing traveler flinched and took a step back. His heart beat quickly in his chest, and his face went flush, starting to sweat. Past his audience, he could see the stone-cold stare of the tavern keeper tending his bar. The traveler closed his eyes, took a breath, straightened his tunic, and pulled back his locks of brown hair, which fell back to his shoulders in protest. Please, sire, I beg you. I promise the keeper fine entertainment for tonight. If you may give me a moment more, I promise everyone another round. The maidens and men lifted up their tankards with a resounding hurrah in acceptance of his offer. 
And so, the traveler began again. The stranger's land sounded amazing. That is, if he told it true. There's never a fear of starvation or homelessness. And there's a job where you can just tell stories. And, um... And the traveler said, that'll do. So after the stranger departed, the traveler stalked him away and ended the pursuit in this tavern. Or at least that's what they say. The traveler glanced over at the barkeep, still glaring at him. For what comes next, I must earn your trust. Don't turn your back, or the magic will be dust. For what I say is entirely true, and there's no denying this, if you can imagine it too. Right under the big boar's head, on the wall next to the bar, there stood a doorway used by the traveler from afar. On its face sat three precious gems, red, blue, and green, and on its handle a knapsack of leather, brilliant and clean. I don't see no door, said a drunkard in the back, still wearing the apron of his trade. Patrons chuckled, and others began to turn around. Please, all, I implore you, do not turn around, but trust what I said. Believe in the door and the knapsack. The traveler leapt down off the stage and thrust out his hand towards the nearest patron. Sir, can you see it? In your mind's eye, do you see it? Its fine grain and slender handle features novel in a tavern such as this. The traveler stepped forward, addressing another patron. Do you see it? No, no, don't turn around. Look at me. Do you see it? The glimmer of the gems worth a kingdom each. He could tell, as his audience chins wavered, they were looking at the door in their minds, standing just under the boar's head. And on that wall, rectangle chunks of wood began being pulled away, forming the outline of a door frame. Red-hot iron bubbled out from the cracks and cast itself into the shape of a door handle, cooling to a deep black and leaving scorch marks on the wood. Diamond-shaped gems rippled out of the wall one by one as if the wood were water and settled after barely breaching the surface. All three glimmered bright, fiery red, then ocean blue, and last emerald green as if daylight shined through from the other side. The traveler saw this unfold in awe, then straightened his tunic to subdue his excitement and continued. The knapsack was ordinary, except for what it stored. The real gems were inside, under its drawstrings, its reward. Every magic item one would need in a strange new land were all placed inside, each carefully picked by hand. Trinkets to help you find your way, and amulets to make you shrink. This bag, recall, had it all. At least more than you would think. The traveler took two steps forward, nearing the end of the crowd. A ball of short cow's hair began to hang on the door handle. Fire flashed from the inside, and a poof of smoke erupted from the top. Then the bag flipped itself inside out to reveal a shiny knapsack of leather. The traveler widened his stride towards the door and could see a leather strip begin to weave itself through the opening at the top. 
Then, one by one, lumps of items began to fall within the belly of the knapsack, slightly distorting the once perfectly round bottom. The tavern keeper glared, seeing the traveler reach the end of the crowd, but unable to see the newly formed door in its knapsack, and started walking to the end of his bar. The minstrel took the bag and put it on his shoulder. He would stay in this cursed land, not a minute longer. And to the audience that watched and expected a finale, they only watched him open the door and get one last look at his fanny. The traveler opened the door, grabbed the bag from the handle, and ran through. The barkeep just missed him, grabbing air when he snatched. The audience was aghast, not because of the traveler's speedy exit or for his false promise of free ale, but because of what happened after he left. As they turned back, the door flung itself closed, and the gems retreated back into the door, as if pulled back underwater. The handle turned bright hot and disappeared in the billowing black smoke, leaving only burnt wood behind and the space in the doorframe was no more. The missing wood slamming back into place, as if sledgehammered from the other side. No one ever saw the traveler, or heard his tale, again. A young man opened his arms, signaling the end of his story and inviting his audience for applause. The striped suits and evening gowns clapped, hailing the entertainer and disturbing the nicotine cloud hovering overhead. The young man surrendered the stage to the host, gave a nod to the jazz band waiting just off stage, and walked down the stairs, stage right. He navigated past the cocktail tables to the bar in the back, which had the blind pig written in neon above it. He grabbed his usual spot, claimed a drink from the bartender, and unbuttoned his suit jacket as he sat. He looked back to watch the jazz band's bass lay out a smooth strum, clearing the road for the other instruments to walk. Where do you come up with all these stories, kid? The bartender asked leading forward to hear the answer. The young man was just about to humor him, but was cut off by a crash. The jazz band stopped abruptly with a blat, and the seated patrons turned towards the bar just in time to hear a second clang. A broom closet door near the bar burst open, spewing out buckets, tape, mops, and an oddly dressed man onto the floor. An amulet and golden compass spilled from the leather knapsack, all three sliding across the freshly polished white-tiled floor. The odd man quickly stood up and made an effort to smooth brown hair covering his face. He scooped up the lost items, almost tripping again on a bucket during the effort, and placed them in the top of the bag before slinging it over his shoulder. He made eye contact with the young man just before sprinting past the bar and out the exit door. 
Since when do your waiters wear tights? Asked the young man. Hey, he ain't one of mine, exclaimed the bartender. But he was wearing one of my brooms. What sorcery was that? Was our traveler actually the sorcerer he spoke of? Or was he truly the traveler telling his own tale? And what of the young man at the end? Could his story have been just coincidence? Or could he have been the one with the true power all along? Sometimes the best stories leave enough gaps for you to fill in yourself, like putting gold to seal broken pottery. Ah, just as I thought, still awake. Well, as a DreamCorp employee, please be sure to fill out that mandatory comment form and let us know what kept those Zs from coming out of your dreams. If there aren't any comment boxes nearby, please tweet the corporate handle instead at DreamCorp Inc. That's Dream C-O-R-P-I-N-C. Anything will help DreamCorp improve for a better tomorrow night. And rest assured, we will be picking back up our regularly scheduled bedtime stories next time. But if you already caught that regularly scheduled dream, this has been Dream On Demand, and to all my dreamers, 